listening to The Knicks Recap, your source for all New York Knicks-related content. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Knicks Recap, your source for all New York Knicks-related content. I'm your host, Troy, and don't forget to hit that notification bell so you stay updated with all of our latest episodes. So I'm very happy to have one of my favorite guests. I've had him on before, if you've seen the show, and obviously I have him on again. Uh, from the Bleacher Report, used to be part of the Cleveland Cavaliers, not part of the team, obviously just covering the team. <laughs> uh, and he's still invested in the team, so it makes for great conversation. Uh, and I have to say it because I don't think it gets talked about enough, and I think longevity in this business matters. It's it's closing in on 13 years, right? About 13 years, Greg, am I? Yeah, am I I'm, in, I'm in, my, in my 13th season, yeah, with Bleacher Report, yeah. That is a milestone that's a goat that's goat right there i've said it before that's goat level old that's what it means (laughs) when you see the graphic for this show i promise you he will not look old in that graphic um and if anything you look the exact same since the last time if anything i look older than you now and that's not that 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 hurts actually so (laughs) thank you for telling me you've been doing it for 13 years but yes from bleacher report again greg schwartz what's going on greg how you doing man welcome back to the show i'm happy to be back yeah last time we talked i think it was summertime uh you know rj had not signed his extension yet um with new york there's there's been a lot of things that have happened uh it's been a crazy start to the season and the knicks are on a winning streak right now so it's a good time to talk right yeah i mean uh if, if the fans can uh see the guy behind me one of the main reasons we've been going off for that that winning streak because of him, because he dropped, uh, he dropped this guy. Can, can you see him? Oh, there you go, right there. There he, he dropped is. that guy. There you go. Oh, right there. that's a bad picture, Cruz. Yeah. Come on now. Come oh. on now. Ooh, it's a poster already. It's a poster, and and by the time this show airs, I guarantee it'll be a graphic because I'm working on one. I promise you that. So uh, I can't wait. But yes, I mean, we're going to talk about the streaking Knicks, and we have to call it streaking because nobody expected this from the New York Knicks, especially two weeks ago. I mean, everybody's talking about trade the entire team. So, I mean, nobody expected a five-game streak like this. And it's come against um, some good teams. Cavaliers, one of them, and we'll talk about that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, again, um, you know, if you're not following, uh, Greg, again, his, uh, his ads on the screen right now, but it's at Greg Schwartz, uh, BR, please go ahead and follow him as well. Always gives great updates, great interviews. Um, and also his articles are the best. We're going to go over fact and fiction because I always have to review at least one. And he talks about the Knicks in uh, quite a lot of them because we always have something to talk about. And we'll get into some of that as well, because it is, you know, that trade season yet again. And they're, the rumor mill is always spinning, as Greg knows, and there's a lot of things uh, are going around. But let's um, let's talk about it. You know, Greg, you, you got into it, right? Five-game uh, win streak right now, the longest that the Knicks have had since the 2020-2021 season, right? So before I ask you some, some things, let's just talk about some facts, right? The Knicks currently are sixth in the East, right? 15 to 13 record, two games over 500. Uh, the hottest team in the Eastern Conference are the Knicks. Uh, in the NBA, they're the second hottest team uh, behind the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, Grizzlies have uh, six straight right now. And uh, the Nets are also pretty hot as well, winning uh, four straight. So that's really it right now in terms of uh, the list of teams doing well. Here's the stat, though, that is, um, that's crucial for me. During this stretch of games, when the Knicks are playing, um, I think over about 100 possessions, about 98.8% of them, uh, of, of those possessions, excuse me, um, they are the best uh, defensive team per rating during that stretch. 
which, I mean, if you can see the defense are holding teams under 100, which they were very incapable of doing two weeks ago. So something has definitely changed, you know, um, on that end. And, you know, a lot of team, a lot of there's narratives, right, Greg? Everybody has their own narratives they spin. Well, you only beat this team because they were missing this X star, this X star, this X star. I heard it all throughout the entire win streak. I'm sure I'll continue to hear it. One of the games I heard it against, obviously, was against uh, the Cavaliers when you guys are missing uh, Jared Allen. Obviously, though, you had Darius Garland um with donovan mitchell and evan mobley but you know whatever it's fine jared but jared allen is, is a is a very key player i'm not going to deny what he does i mean he's a rebound monster offensive rebounding machine yeah. they get 21 points the other night so he's great um and we also beat the kings as well and they're not nothing to talk about i mean they were fourth in the west i think when we played them i think they still are fourth in the west so they're a strong team this year so given everything that you've seen right now are the knicks a streaking team do you see this thing continuing or is it bound to fail at some point? No, I actually, um, you know, you talked about where the Knicks were when we talked in the summer, the six seed was kind of like the high end, what I thought. Um, and that was really no offense to them, but there's just a lot of good teams in the East. And I, I know they've made some rotation changes recently. They finally started playing some of the younger guys, which I think a lot of Knicks fans were, were looking forward to. Um, Evan Fournier, uh, I talked to you in the off season about how they had to get rid of Kemba Walker and they had to get rid of Evan Fournier. Those are two yeah. guys that were just killing their overall lineup numbers. Um, and then finally, that's what they did. They got rid of Kemba. They still got Evan. They're not playing him. Um, his contract's kind of sitting out there. I don't know if they're going to end up keeping him or shopping him at this point. I don't think you give up any real assets to get off his contract. Yeah. Um, Derek Rose, a guy that he's kind of fallen off the cliff, um, unfortunately, and, and he's had some good times in New York, but kind of leaning into the young guys, I thought was the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, especially this is a Knicks team. It, it doesn't have championship aspirations this year. I, I would think your main goals would be like, let's get Jalen Brunson in here. Let's give him the keys, to the offense. He's obviously been fantastic. Um, and then let's play the young guys and see what we have. And obviously we have a lot of these first round picks that we can do we can be creative with um, and we're sitting on quite a few trade assets that we have up and down the roster. So the Knicks right now are at the top end of what I thought they could be. I think it's helped out that Atlanta's kind of struggling. They've been up and down. Toronto is a team that's really down. Um, Cle Cleveland's where I thought they'd be. Boston, Milwaukee, they're, they're where I thought they'd be. Um, a healthy Philadelphia 76ers team is, is still scary in my book and we haven't really seen them at full strength, but I think the Knicks are taking advantage of their opportunity to be like, look, there's a lot of teams that aren't really running away with a playoff spot. And we can be one of these top six teams. And if you look at their five game winning streak, they're still like 13th in offense. They're not like, you know, scoring 120 points a night, but number one overall in defense over the last five games. And I know that's a small sample size, but, you know, given their coach, given um, the rim protectors that are on this team, given that some of the defensive talent that Quentin Grimes can bring, um, I think there's there's real potential for staying power. Uh, I'm, I don't know that they're going to win 10 in a row or 12 in a row. A, a five-game winning streak might be about <laughs> as good as we can do right now, but um, they're a team that has the talent. If they stick with this rotation, if their young guys keep progressing and Jalen Brunson keeps playing at this level, why can't they be a six-seed in these? Why not? So, you know, there's there's half of the fan base at some point. And I think obviously it had to do with the losing. I think when you lose and I call them, Greg, 
quarter collapses, what the Knicks were experiencing a couple of weeks ago, where they would, you know, essentially let teams score 30 plus and then score about 15 or less points in that quarter. So effectively just giving the game away, because when you put yourself in that big of a hole, I mean, it's, you know, as you know, it's very, very difficult to climb out of a hole like that. So a lot of people were talking about tank and obviously 2023, you know, the big thing is this is one of the most gifted drafts, you know, in the last you know sure. decade, apparently. Right. So it, I get I get that people want to embrace the tank. I think when Bayana is kind of making everybody see stars and rightfully so. I mean, he's he's an alien. I mean, I don't even know what to call this guy. He's uh, he plays he he's so tall, but plays like a guard. I don't I don't know what you call that. And he can do it from every single angle. Again, I don't know what you call that. I was saying that if the magic got him and it was bowl bowl and. Oh. And him in the league, I think you could call it R.I.P. to the league. I don't think anybody would ever beat them. You got Banchero over there. You got Fultz over there. Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs. Oh my God, I didn't want to talk about it anymore. They would, they would play five guys who were seven foot tall. They wouldn't even it play would, their guards anymore. They would just be all right. seven footers. Right. So, so here's my thing, though. We're talking about concern, right? I think that's this is where it comes back for me and put it back in perspective. We talked a little bit offline on this. The, the good thing I like about talking with you, and I, I think you'd agree as well, too, with, with me, is that we like to keep things in perspective. We're never really too high or too low. We like to just kind of understand what we're looking at and kind of call like we see it. So my concern is, and I think I had it last season as well, too, when you play a, when you play a, a shortened rotation, obviously the thing that matters is that they have more cohesion and chemistry. That's what you gain with it. But then what you lose is <laughs> you're playing them 40-plus minutes. Yeah. And you're doing that nightly and sometimes in a back-to-back setting and your players are injured. You know, Jalen Brunson took a really hard, you know, spill the other night and still was off a foot injury before the game started. It was questionable. Still dropped 30 on 11-21 yeah. to 21 shooting. That was great. But, you know, nobody expects him to do that. So do you worry about burnout and potential, you know, injury with this team playing that much minutes over the course of a season? Look, Tom Thibodeau has been burning players out for 15 years. <laughs> uh, that's nothing new. Uh, if you go back Fair to point. Chicago Bulls days, um, I keep every year, I keep waiting for Jimmy Butler to fall off a cliff just because of, you know, the mileage that he had on his tires from being in Chicago. Um, wow. But a lot of those guys like Jimmy, um, you know, they've gone on to have long successful careers where they're still playing at an all-star level. So um, I think it becomes a little bit of an issue, but at the same time, you're you're getting into this rotation late enough in the year where you're only like what, seven weeks away from the All-Star break. I mean, it's not that far because we're yeah. almost at the end of 2022 already. So, you know, you've got a long rest coming then. Um, a lot of these guys in the rotation are pretty young. You know, you're not playing a Derek Rose. You're not playing an Evan Fournier where, okay, you know, I, I speak from experience in my 30s. I, I couldn't do back-to-backs like I could in my 20s. I could, I could tell you that um, just running up and down the court now is a little bit of a struggle. But a lot of these guys are like, uh, you know, a lot of these guys are still young. You know, even a guy like Julius Randle is, what, 28? So he's not, like, super old. So I think that's one thing that's going to benefit them. But, I mean, Thibodeau's run good rotations before. I'm shocked. I'm still shocked that he's gone with younger guys over veterans, given his track record. But um, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be too worried about burnout quite yet. So that's an interesting point. You know, I want to actually get to that a little bit later, but it's it's perfect to talk about it. Tom Thibodeau, man, that if you want to talk about a question mark on a coach where fans have fell into so much favor and then hate, I don't even know how to even explain it. Coach of the year, 2020, right? 2021, 
disastrous season. I think everybody would account for that. I think there's no way to spill hairs on that. You can blame him on the roster construction, what he had, and playing what he, you know, what he could, and whatever the case may be. But I think we can all consider what it was. It wasn't a great season, coaching wise or just player development wise. This season started off the season you know, hot and cold with um, Tom Thibodeau. The thing is with him and Nick fans were so up and down, and they still kind of are because you don't you don't know what you're gonna get from Thibs. He's playing Isaiah Hartenstein and Jericho Sims on the off the bench in the backcourt um, when you have Cam Reddish just wasting away on the bench, not playing, I, whatever, injury management. Everybody screams at me on Twitter. They're not going to play him because they're going to trade him, so they don't want to They want to protect him from injury. Okay. Obi Toppin is out. <laughs> Derrick Rose isn't playing. He has length, athleticism. He's a 3 and D wing. I mean, I don't have to tell you. I'm sure you know that's a coveted position. There's a reason yep. the Lakers want him. The Bucks want him. I mean, there's a reason these championship caliber teams want him. Not saying that he's the missing piece, but that's a coveted position. The fact that we're removing him and not even seeing what a Reddish and Grimes tandem could even do on defense, which I think would be elite. Yeah. It's just a uh, killer to me. What do you think right now with, uh, before we get to Cam Reddish, because we will get into him. Just, are you, what is your thoughts on on Tom Thibodeau? Because really, it sounds like he went from good coaching, okay coaching, really bad coaching. And now he's, now fans are kind of trying to forget the beginning of the season and focus on the winning streak. That's what it seems yeah. like at this point. Yeah, I, I can't even keep up with Knicks fans, what they want from him. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> difficult to, I think it depends on a nightly basis. Um, I remember last year I had to do an article about like coaches on the hot seat. And I had, uh, um, I think, I think. Thibodeau was number two on my list at the time. And at the time, it like it looked really bad. Like Jake Fisher reported something at the time. Like, yeah, he, he might be out here pretty soon. Um, and I don't think Knicks fans were too upset about it at the time. I, I don't think they minded that. Um, Dan Favalli is a, a great writer for us at Bleacher Report. He's a, a Knicks expert. Um, and he knows more about the Knicks than I do. And he wrote a whole article about why they should fire him this year. And I was reading it. I'm like, hey, it makes a lot of good points. Yeah, they probably should. And then, you know, you've seen recently tweak the rotation, play the younger guys. They've won five in a row. Is the rotation perfect right now? No, absolutely not. I like, you know, we're, we're about to talk to Cam Reddish. Like I'm, I'm a Cam Reddish believer, so I'd like to see him play, but um, I think you've at least got to give him a little bit longer leash at this point and be like, look, they're playing good basketball. Like I said, last five games are number one, in the NBA defense. Um, has he been perfect? No, but I, I don't think what he's doing is just a firing, uh, a firing right now when they're at sixth place in the East. So then with Tom Thibodeau, then are you, so Nick fans, again, they, they have a very hard time to forgive. I mean, look at Randall. I mean, half the fan base is still kind of ant on him really. And, you know, as a, just as this perspective, Randall's playing probably the best basketball I've seen him play in a in like this long of a stretch consistently i haven't seen a player and maybe i'm wrong here that can walk into a first quarter and score 13 to 14 points like it's uh, an average thing to do and walk away to the second quarter like you know it's just another day in the office that's special to me because i i mean not everybody in the league can even do that so i think that you have to look at those things you have to look at tom thibodeau sometimes you have to give him credit at some points as much as i grittingly hate to do it the one complaint, right, from all Nick's Twitter land, play the kids, play the kids, play the kids. Kids are playing. Grimes yeah. is playing. McBride's playing. Sims is playing. Not all the kids. Not all the kids, but, right. But more than more than there's ever been. So, yeah. Right. And one of the kids that isn't playing is obviously the <laughs> Cam Reddish. 
And that's the, that's the, that's the prize here, right? That's what's, well, a lot of people are thinking that the Knicks want to attach to Evan Fournier instead of a pick. They want to attach, you know, Reddish as the carrot there to kind of lure teams to get, cause they don't want to, they don't really have to give up a first round. They definitely don't want to. They want to hoard all those assets as much as possible to go after that star. And we'll get to that. But, you know, I think what's being done to Reddish is just criminal. Um, I think that he is a very, very good player. I think before the minor groin injury, he earned that starting position. I don't know how somebody comes back from an injury who earned his at least playing time. If you don't want to say starting, fine, at least playing time. How your minutes go in reverse when you get healthier. I've never seen it. 27, 25, 22, 14, 7, DNP, healthy DNP coach's decision. I've yeah. never seen that happen before in my life. Um, it's a weird thing. I get there's, there's talks and trades going on. I get that, but we have injuries on this team. There's a need for somebody like Reddish and it's just, and I get it's winning. So it's hard. I, I get it. I can't complain. Right. That's the thing I, I get. I can complain. Okay. Cause both things sure. can be true. We can win and I can be upset that Cam Reddish, who, sure. who is legitimately athletic enough to be very, very good in this offense to get a consistent minutes. It just isn't playing. What is your thoughts on this camera situation in terms of him not getting any minutes? Um, that's the first part. And second part is, do you think he ends? What jersey do you think he wears by the end of the season? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. man. That's a good question. Um, yeah. Let's go back a little bit because I remember um, in the summer we talked about him and I, I put him on the top, Nick's top three prospects list, which I, I think I got in trouble for for Nick's Twitter. But I said, that's not a shot at the other guys. I just really like Cam Reddish. And I went back and I looked at his complete game log. It's been like four years now. And I looked at how, what's his longest streak of being a starter where he didn't miss a game because he was benched or he didn't come off. He didn't come off the bench. uh, He wasn't injured. He was whatever. Like what, what's the longest number of games that he started in a row interrupted in four years that number is 11 that's it he said two times where he started eight games in a row one was this year and one time was 11 back when he was with the Atlanta Hawks that's it you cannot give a guy who's 19 20 21 years old 11 starts and say you know what it ain't working it ain't working Peyton Manning led the league in interceptions when he was a rookie Imagine if the Colts would have benched him then be like, no, it ain't working, kid. Sometimes you've got to give prospects who have talent the opportunity to fail and the opportunity to succeed. And I do not think that he's gotten his opportunity yet. And I don't at this point, I don't think it's going to be New York, which is unfortunate because I messaged you on opening night when he dropped like 22 and he looked amazing. And I thought, boy. That's the guy. That's the guy. I told you, if he is going to be an impact player on both sides and he's going to hit shots and he's got such a great frame, he could be not an all-star, but he's going to be a solid starter in the NBA and then go from there. Yeah. And it it hasn't worked out because he's been a starter. He's come off the bench. Now he's out of the rotation. Again, he has not gotten that consistent role yet. Like you said, when his name comes up in trade targets, in trade rumors all these other teams start popping up and it's not the orlando magic the san antonio spurs it's hey the milwaukee bucks would like him hey the miami heat would like him the los angeles lakers would like him these are either teams that have won championships recently 
or are known for elite cultures and developing young players. That tells you something. It's not just these bottom feeders that want Cam Reddish. It's the teams that are either winning now or want to win now, and they want to get him in their system. And that should tell you everything you need to know because I'm telling you, he needs more than 11 starts in a row. He needs something. He at least needs to be in the rotation and have plays ran for him. Let him be, you know, just an elite defender, if that's what it is. You put him on the opponent's best swing every night and you say, for better or worse, you're going to sink or swim, but we're going to find out what you are. And I still think four years into his career, we don't know what he is, and he has not gotten the opportunity to prove it yet. Man, Greg, you said everything that I needed to say, man. Uh, Cam Reddish, again, it's it's development. He needs to develop to thrive, right? He needs to be given a consistent role where he understands what he's doing. A lot of times with the Knicks, if you notice, he doesn't get a lot of plays run for him. Usually when he gets the ball, it's, he has to shoot it because I think in his head he thinks, if I don't shoot this ball now, I'm never going to be able to shoot it again because I'm not going right. to get the ball again. You know, you can tell sometimes, I mean, he's clearly frustrated some games. If you saw him sometimes with the starters trying to get, you know, understanding how they play with Randall and whatnot and Randall, Brunson, and RJ, I mean, they're the ball handlers. Right. And they're going to, they, you know, minutes, obviously they're going to play a lot. They're obviously going to shoot a lot. You know, Brunson shot 21 shots yesterday. That's your point guard. Right. Um, he had seven assists. Right. So, I mean, it's, he still passed the ball, but that went into overtime and he had seven assists. Uh, I'm a, I look, I love Jalen Brunson. He's on my, he, he's on my wall right now. Right. So I, I love him to death. You should love him. Right. I know. Of course. I think he, and he's the, in terms of all-star, I mean, you can make the case that it might be him and, and, all, and Randall in terms of like trying to push that all-star bracket up. But the, one of the knocks for him is trying to find more more people in terms of his assist numbers, you know, because sometimes he acts more like a scoring guard. Not to say as a bad thing, because sometimes the Knicks can't buy a bucket from anywhere. So we kind of need him to be a scoring guard. But it would be nice to see him get some other people going, because, you know, especially when you're playing with rookies like Reddish, maybe, or a Mitch, maybe. Um, you want to get those guys going first, because if you do that, They'll likely want to play more throughout the game because they know they're num- they know they're going to get the ball at some point in time. If you kind of freeze them out, yeah, they'll they'll do what they need to do. But you know how it is. I mean, you played if you played ball, I played ball. When you don't get the ball at a certain time, you'll walk up the court like, all right, I'll just stand here. I you, guess you lose interest. Yeah, yeah. It's it and it's 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 sometimes it's not even like something that you have to do. It's just a force of habit. You know, think about anything that you do. If you're not part of the part of what's going on, if you don't feel like you're part of what's happening. You're not going to want to do it for very long. So I don't know what's happening with Reddish. I know there's a lot of things talking about, you know, that he doesn't want to be traded. You said it twice now. I know Mark Berman, I had him on the show and he's reported it. He told me vehemently that he believes it. And, you know, Reddish denied it. Then Bondi says the same thing and, you know, he denies it. So, I mean, those are two notable reporters. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's hard to kind of, I, I, and I get it, you know, it's like believe the person or believe the reporters. And he's clearly said no. I think there's there's probably truth to both sides. I think maybe some people in his camp definitely want the move. I think that's clear. I think that's been clear. Uh, whether he is sometimes agreeing with that or not. Here's my thing. In terms of fit, right? I think he would fit very well with the Cavaliers, actually. I think there is a need for him in uh, with Cleveland in terms of um, bench scoring. I think that's where you guys get hurt a lot. Your bench isn't the strongest. Obviously, your starting units is is where you guys do the most damage. I think your bench could be a little stronger, and I think he could shore that up. And I think that's where he'd get his most most of his minutes. And so I what think, you're saying is you want to trade Cam Reddish for Isaac Okoro. That's no, what you're 
No, I'm definitely not saying that. Oh, what? okay. Okay, Greg, never mind. Greg, explain this to me. Why Why are, are, are Cavs fans down on Okoro? Because I think last year I was talking to a Cavs fan who told me that his time was, was coming and he was about to break out. And now it seems like a lot of people in Cavland are just waving the white flag on him. What, what's, what's the deal? So Isaac Okoro is so number five overall pick in the draft and yeah. was a starter immediately as a rookie. And he couldn't shoot threes. And you're like, oh, that's a little bit of a concern. We need guys that can shoot a little bit. Last year, as a sophomore, he ended the year, last 20 games of the year, he shot 50% from three over his last 20 games. And you're like, wow, all right. A lot of those were open looks because people weren't guarding him. But still, you got to make the shots. Right. So that's the high he was coming off of, finished the year at like 35%. You're like, oh, 35%. It's pretty good. Um, that would almost lead the Knicks in three-point shooting this year. Um, So come bring him in this year. I don't think he hit a three pointer until like 10 games in the season. And he just every night uh, does not shoot, does not score, um, can still defend. But now he's coming off the bench and uh, just does not look like a cohesive part of this team. And you've got a lot of mouths to feed on offense now with Donovan Mitchell and somebody's got to pay the price. But I always said, if you have a guy like Isaac Coro that just cuts runs and transition, he could get 10 points a game just off that without ever hitting a jump shot. And we just haven't seen it from this this year. So if you want to call the Cavs front office and try to pitch a trade to him, I would take Cam Resch over Isaac Coro. The only, the only, the only part of that is, yeah. Reddish needs to get paid this offseason, and Okoro still has another year on his rookie contract. So um, that's the only thing that would, would scare me about getting for Reddish is how much I would have to pay him. But, yeah, has not been a good fit for either Okoro or Reddish in their current teams, but obviously the upside is still there. Oh, of course, and I think that's kind of – and uh, it's funny. Some of my uh, Knicks people who follow uh, me on Twitter as well – they they always tell me about wanting to get a core. I think they see the the potential. My thing is, we did the same thing with Reddish. That's the exact same move we did with Reddish. And Reddish, yeah. I think is Red. I think Reddish is a better player than a Coro, or at least has more upside than a Coro does. So I think he's more upside. I think a Coro is a better defender right now. Yes. Um, yes. But I I think Reddish has a much higher offensive ceiling. Yeah. Um, and I think he has a higher overall ceiling. But if if you were to like, hey, I need a, a better defender today. That's Isaac Okoro. Yeah, no, absolutely, I agree with that, and I, but I think that's what it is. I think that's what it, what's, what's the issue is though, and I think the Knicks have made it pretty clear that they don't want to move on from Reddish without a, without a first rounder. So if you don't, if they don't use EF to, and I, I mean, uh, you know, Evan Fournier, they don't try to move him with Cam Reddish, and the team wants Cam Reddish. You know, the Lakers been linked to Cam Reddish since Reddish was traded back in January. I mean, it's been yeah. the Lakers and him, you know, as a train as a team forever. And I think they're talking about him signing with with Clutch, right? So I know that's been a big story as well. So I don't know what the the intermingles of what's happening there. All I can say is that the Lakers have been linked to Cam Reddish for a very long time. It seems that a lot of people want that trade to happen. I'm all for that trade. Listen, I don't care if that trade happens. I don't want any of the, I don't know what the Lakers are going to give me. You're not giving me AD, I guess, right? So, I mean, you're not going to, 
Yeah, probably not right. He's having like a career season this year. It's, it's all good. Either way, uh, if you're not giving me him, I know Patrick Beverly's been thrown out there. Listen, I, player-wise, I don't really care. Pick-wise, you want to throw in one of those 2027, yeah. 2029 yeah, coveted picks. Yeah, I know they that. wanted. I know they wanted all-star caliber player to throw it away with. Uh, I don't know if they would make an exception for somebody taking on Russ. Again, I know there's a lot of caveats to it. I know there's a lot of ways you could break out. I, I don't think the Lakers make a move. Russell Westbrook actually has been playing pretty well off the bench, so. I mean, it's kind of it's weird that I think I saw I saw a statement from Jeannie Buss saying that she may not want to move on from Westbrook at this point. I mean, <laughs> they they definitely were not saying that before the season started. That's, that's called positioning, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, absolutely not. They're trying to build this trade value. I mean, we think we all know that. Uh, they, they they want to get. They just don't want to get fleeced when they when they trade for him. That's all. And I get it. I mean, look, listen, it's 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 a good point to to go through. All right, let's um. You, you, uh, before we go into your fact of fiction, because I do want to get into that, because that was a great uh, article, and I will post that into the uh, description here. If you guys have not seen that article, please review it, because I think everybody's been asking me, you know, what trade things could happen? What trade things could happen? Every trade that Greg mentions in his article, I actually think could actually happen. One of the main teams being Toronto, which we'll get into. That was great, by the way. I love the way you put that, because I wasn't even thinking that until I looked at the record, where they are, and the players that they have people that they got to pay the multiple years in the contracts i know they're not going to make a move quite yet but it's uh it's definitely there are bells ringing in toronto i know that much and i don't know what that means for fred van vliet or players like him but i know names have been tossed around recently and it's going to be uh good to get into that but knicks versus bulls two right i'm just gonna go back down here so there it is that happened there's alex yeah that happened when they played you know the other <laughs> the other the other night um, it was great. I thought it was a great game. Obviously, we could pick and choose at what we didn't like. Yeah, defensive lapses. Yeah, Julius Randle held the ball for 22.5 seconds before running to the rack in the last, you know, play. It's terrible. I mean, we could we could dissect it, of course. But overall, it's a great game to watch if you're watching the game. Uh, thrilling to the last second. OT um, was great. Jalen Brunson dug us way out of a hole because we had nobody. I think everybody was out of gas at that point. Randle was out of gas. Jalen Brunson off basically one leg. I don't even know how his foot feels. Saved the day again, just a savior for the Knicks, even though he's not a savior. I'm not trying to call him that. I know he doesn't want to be called that, but he did save us that uh, for that game. Um, do you see the similar outcome happening when they play the Bulls again? Because they're playing them again at their home, which is kind of like a baseball thing. I've never actually seen this happen in the NBA or not too often. We're playing the same team twice. I get that they're yeah. doing it to save for you know travel and whatnot because yeah. they don't want to you know, um, hurt the teams and whatnot. I, I actually respect that because it, it helps teams stay longer with their families together. So it makes sense on that regard. So I, I do like it in that, in that sense, but you know how, as well as I do, when you play a team on a back-to-back even, or again, that team has a, especially the team who, if they didn't win on their home floor, they're going to have a problem. And I yeah. think this guy right here is pretty pissed off. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Greg, what what do you think about Knicks Bulls uh, two that's coming up uh, Friday Friday I'm night? Bad for Alex, he's a good <laughs> defender. Jalen didn't have to do him like that. Yes, he that was did. a sweet play though, and that's mm. that's not something you really think about from a Jalen Brunson, right? He's more yeah. like he's not like a John Moran. He's not like you know no. prime Russell Westbrook. But you know, every once in a while, he pulls out a move like that. That's pretty good. Um, no, I like I like that they they don't do as much traveling. I think it's better for the players. I think that it's. You know, these guys are constantly in airport in airports, um, flying from city to city. And if you can get a little downtime there and do a, a home and home, that's fine. I like that. Um, 
I'll say this. I when you've got a team like the Bulls that are obviously struggling, um, the team that was at the top of the East last year around, around the same time, um, obviously don't have Lonzo Ball this year. He makes a big difference for them. Patrick Williams, you haven't seen him kind of take that leap that you know they they were hoping he would after he's the number four overall pick in the draft a couple of years ago. That's right. Um, there's a little bit of blood in the water, and if you're the Knicks, this is one of those teams that you're going to be fighting for the back end of the playoffs or the play-in tournament. So these games are like especially important for them. This isn't like you're playing the Houston Rockets, the Orlando Magic, whatever. Like this is important because at the end of the day, you guys might only finish, you know, a game apart, two games apart. Obviously Chicago would have to play a little bit better than they are now. And they they may not get Lonzo Ball back at all this year, which would be unfortunate. But at the end of the day, they still have a lot of talent on that team. Um, DeMar DeRozan still playing at an all-star level. Zach Levine hasn't quite looked the same since he had offseason knee surgery, but he's a guy that I think could, um, he's a guy that obviously can go for 30 to 40 on any night. So, and I think Chicago is going to be motivated by the point like, oh man, we were in overtime. Like we, we should have had that game. Um, so I think that'll be a good game for him, but this is the one that is going to get you prepared for the playoffs. It should feel like a playoff game because this could be a future play in tournament game. And yes. when I watched the play in tournament last year, it felt like a play. I've been to a lot of playoff games for the Cavaliers and, you know, watching them play Atlanta and Brooklyn in the, in the play and tournament, it did feel like a playoff game. And there's a real sense of urgency there that if you lose, there's no game two. You're not playing this team again. You're either moving in the play in or you're moving on to the playoffs or you're getting eliminated or you've got a, a, a game against a different team. So I think that's how they need to treat this game. Like, okay, this is our play in test. This is one of our tests to see if we can respond against a good opponent, against one that we might be playing in the play-in tournament, especially one that's going to be extra motivated to beat us now. Um, and also, I think if things start going south for Chicago, it's New York's chance to take a little look at a guy like DeMar DeRozan or a guy ah. like Zach Levine and be like, hey, you know, in the rare instance that maybe these guys become available at some point, this is our time to scout them a little bit. So there's just something to think about as we uh, approach trade season. Just because you threw it out there. I want everybody to point out, I did not say Zach Levine. I didn't even mention his name. A man Greg did. So I just got to say it. There are you know some. Who, you you ahead, know who else mentioned his name the other day? That... Woj. Oh, yes. Woj yes, mentioned his name. Yes, so just, just throwing that out there. Yeah, yeah, he did say that. Now, there have been other reports, and I know obviously Woj is Woj, so any other reports kind of get defeated. But uh, there have been reports that they covered DeMar and uh, Levine. They don't want to move away from them. But obviously, you know, there's never a deal that's never too sweet that somebody can't talk somebody off the ledge on. There have been some Nick fans, though, that don't want Levine. Excuse me, Levine. They say that Levine, you know, injury obviously has he doesn't look the same since the surgery. So there are concerns there. And just trading players for an injury prone player kind of sounds like a old Nick thing to do. So uh, especially if you follow the team for as long as I have. <laughs> so um, do you think there's any reason to to for Nick fans to fear that or if there was an offer for Levine today? to go to the Knicks, let's say it didn't call it you R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and Jalen Brunson, you know, and maybe Mitch is still there as well, too. And you just figure out a way to get it done. Would you want to add a Levine to the, to the Knicks? There's two ways you could look at it. 
you could look at it as he's under contract for five years. So he's in no danger of leaving. He's 27, not that old. Uh, it kind of fits with the Julius Randall, Jalen Brunson kind of timeline. Um, he made the last two all-star games. He might be your best three-point shooter as soon as you acquire him. Very good three-point shooter. Um, that's the positive side. Nick, and you could say, like, we might be getting a good value right now because he's he's playing okay, still averaging 20 points a game. Numbers yep. are a little bit down the last couple of years. Efficiency's a little bit down. Might be a good time to buy low on him because a lot of times guys come back from, you know, knee injuries, knee surgeries. They do look a little rusty, and then they start playing really well. You know, think of, think of how many teams were probably thinking, you know, Kevin Durant's not going to look the same after his Achilles injury. He's not going to look the same. And he looks like an MVP candidate. Not comparing sure. the two players, just saying. Sometimes it takes a little bit to come back from a knee injury. Uh, Colin Sexton, guy that had knee surgery last year, recently got in the starting lineup. Last nine games, you average know, six, almost 17 points per game shooting better from three sometimes it just takes guys so you could look at it as buying low the other way to look at it is that five-year contract he signed was worth over 200 million dollars a lot of money a lot of money and i i don't know that he's reached his peak but i think pretty much what we saw the last two years is probably as good as he's going to be never been a good defender never been real great not going to help you out on that end of the ball a lot but if you're looking for star power, if you're looking for a scorer, if you're looking for a guy who, like I said, is under contract for five years, he's not going to leave you. I, I would at least check on the asking price. I would at least check on, and they say, oh, we want four first round picks. Okay, well, no, we're not doing that. But, you know, if we got to throw an Evan Fournier for a salary match and, a, you know, a young player and maybe one first round pick, we could have a conversation. We could have a conversation. Now I'll ask you, if the Bulls say, we'll talk about Levine, but we want R.J. Barrett, do you still have that conversation? Oh, man, that's so tough. I See, as of right now, I don't know if I, I, don't know if I want to touch R.J. Because the thing is, and here's the thing, I know it. People are going to try to kill me for this take. I know R.J. Barrett's terrible. I know terrible start to the season, horrific shooting. Me and Craig are talking about it, 41%, right? I think he's, that's yeah. what he's shooting, right? Not good. I, that's that's horrific. It's not even not. It's atrocious. That's very very bad fans. That's that's not a great shooting percentage. You don't want that shooting percentage. But here's the thing. He's 22 years old. I'm not giving him the excuse that he has slow starts, but it's unfortunate that that is the theme that follows him each season of slow starts. He seems to always turn it on after All Star break, which is entirely too long to wait. I always tell Nick fans the same thing. If I paid you to come to a job and you worked for half the time I asked you to work. Would you still have the job by the end of the year? The answer is no. So there, you know, there there are ways to look at this, but I still because I see what he's doing. I love what he's improving the free throw line. I think that's the best thing you can say about him. Improving the free throw line. He's uh, and getting to the line a lot more. Those are the things that that I think you can you can honestly say R.J. Barrett's gotten better in. So I like that. Once he can finish, I just got to say this: once he can finish at the rim with the left or right, not just going around, you know. Taking contact. You know what I'm talking about, Greg? Could you see him when he's playing through? He always goes around the contact. Sometimes doesn't want to go in it. And he kind of does the same exact move. So everybody kind of knows what you're going to do. Yeah. If he can play make a little bit more inside there, have the defense guess, game gets easier for him, I think R.J. Barrett becomes a, a different player. And I think 
if you if you see R, if you give RJ more power to playmake, maybe you see a different type of RJ, you know, and maybe that's the RJ that you want to see a little bit more often. So that's the only way reason I back off a little bit. But if you're telling me I can give you if it's a deal surrounding Obi Toppin, maybe I listen. The only reason I say maybe I listen before Nick fans kill me is because with the injury that he's had, with what's happened with Cam Reddish's minutes, with how Julius Randle is playing. Obi Toppin's averaging what seventeen point one minutes a game in his third season. Yeah. How do you how do you judge talent? Like I'm so concerned. Imagine Halliburton was drafted here. What would he be playing? <laughs> would he be the Tyrese Halliburton that's most improved player basically or close nope. to it right now with Laurie Markkinen? I don't know because I don't. I'm, I mean, the history shows that the Knicks aren't very good at developing and you know helping with talent. You know they don't they can't really scout that well. Although these recent years have been a little different, but their history wouldn't say that. So it's it's kind of hard to buy into that, you know? So I don't know. So you're listen. saying no. So you, yes. you wouldn't I'm do saying I, I wouldn't do R.J. Barrett, but I would okay. listen I would listen if it was for other players. Because the thing is, I want to pair uh, Levine with R.J. That's the same right. thing I said with Donovan Mitchell. I want to pair Mitchell with R.J. I don't want to swap them because I feel like they can complement each other because I feel like R.J.'s game is a little hampered in a way because he needs other people around him to make him better you know that's already been clear Jalen Brunson's shown RJ Barrett has a different way to get to the rim now you know and he's been doing it consistently when JB is able to find them inside you know so if he can do that and hit the three consistently which I know is asking too much because he just can't hit that three for whatever reason consistently although he has games where he can make Nick fans have amnesia and they can <laughs> They can get mad at me on Twitter for saying RJ Barrett's not that efficient. Again, these are just facts. I mean, I don't want them to be facts. You think I want to say RJ Barrett is not efficient? <laughs> who the who wants to say that about one of their star quarter piece players? I don't want to say that. I want him to be good, but the facts are the facts, and that's just what they are. And going into the fact of fiction, because I really want to get to that. We've been kind of talking about it anyway. So I, I mean, we we basically yeah, talked about it. A lot of times. Right, right. Um, I, I do want to talk about one of the key names that keeps coming up. Kuz, my man, Kuz. I don't know if it's a reunion with the Lakers. I don't know if the Hawks, which obviously you've mentioned with uh, John Collins, potentially wanting to be moved because serious talks have been going on with that. There have been talks about him wanting to play in a bigger market, perhaps. So Lakers and Knicks obviously come up for that. So is it even the remote possibility that the Knicks could even get Kuzma? Because I think that would be a great fit if they could get him for some reason, especially if they if the Wizards want to blow it up because they think his value is a little um, low. What is your thoughts on Kuzma at this point in terms of do you think he continues to play with uh, with Washington? Does he get moved by the deadline? Does he finish out the season with Washington? Like, what's your what's your thoughts? And by the way, guys, please read the article because Greg's going to give a little overview, but a lot of that answer is in the article. So please go ahead and read that too. Go ahead, Greg. So Washington has come out publicly and said, like, we we like Kuzma. He's going to be around here. He's going to be, um, you know, a cornerstone of this franchise. Blah 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 blah. They don't control that, however because he has a player option for next year where $11 million or $13 million, he's not picking that up. He's yeah. going to go into unrestricted free agency and he's yeah. going to look for at least 20 million a year. And he deserves it because he's had a great year. He's had a couple great years there. Um, so they can say all they want, but at the end of the day, the wizards are on an eight game losing streak. 
they did what they did last year. They got off to a hot start. Everybody thought, oh, maybe this is a playoff team. Yeah. They're not. They're not. They're a playing team in best. That's what I wrote about them in the summer. That's what I've wrote about them ever since. They're essentially the same winning record, winning percentage with and without Bradley Beal. Not a good sign. <laughs> that he's he's not elevating them more than that. Especially Ozingas, with the contract that he just signed as well, too. What, $250 million, right? Did he got tied up? $250 million. Five Oof. years. 15% trade t- uh, kicker and no trade clause. So, yeah, good times. Um, <laughs> not that they want to get rid of him, but. Right, right. No. Um, and Porzingis has been surprisingly healthy. I expect him to miss games in the second half. I don't, I don't trust him to keep this up. So Washington, I say all this to say Washington's a team that I don't see getting better. I could definitely see them going into a mini seller mode. And I think they'll keep Beal. I think they'll keep Porzingis. But if you look at Kuzma and you say, how much do we want to pay him? Do we think we can keep him? Is he worth, let's say, a Julius Randle type contract? Would you give him $100 million over four years? Because if I'm Kuzma, that's what I want. I don't think I'm going to get 30, but I can ask for 20. I can ask for 25. I'm scoring 20 points per game. I'm passing. I'm rebounding. I'm doing all this stuff. Yeah. I, if you don't want to commit that money to him or you think he's going to leave, you have to trade him. You have to because you can't lose an asset like that for nothing. Um, <laughs> ask, ask the Dallas Mavericks with Jalen Brunson. You can't lose an asset like that for nothing. Um, I, I mean, kudos to the Knicks for, for swooping in there. But anyways, yeah. Um, yeah, Kuzma had a good tweet the other day or maybe just today about oh something about stepping off the plane and feeling that. California sunshine hitting your face. And then a couple of players jumped on him and they're like, that's tampering. That's Tam Donovan Mitchell's <laughs> Um Yeah, the Lakers are a team that's that's popped up there. Obviously, his former home. Uh, I'm I'm sure they wish that they would have never made that trade. I think they'd much rather have Kuzma and KCP and a first round pick and uh Montrez here. I'm sure they'd rather have that. So yeah. the Lakers are also a team that projects they have 30 million dollars in cap space this off season with this, assuming they keep Russell Westbrook or they trade him for an expiring contract and he walks, they're going to have cap space. So I think he would, I think he'd be good with the Knicks. I don't know. Like he'd help. Does he push them to the top of the Eastern conference? No, he doesn't do that. But I think he's definitely a player who will come up and trade talks. I know it was reported. Um, I think it was Sham Sharani reported that they had discussed a trade with the Atlanta Hawks for John Collins, something like that, forward for forward. That would make sense. I could see that making sense, especially, you know, Collins has three years left on his deal. If they're worried about Kuzma leaving in free agency, maybe John Collins makes sense as a young 25-year-old power forward um, in Washington. I could see that. So that that that's going to be an interesting one. I, I think Kuzma is definitely going to be one of the bigger names on the trade market. He's only making like $13 million this year. That's an easy contract to trade. And Washington is a team, like I said, they've lost eight in a row. So I think they're going to be uh, uh, reluctant sellers at some point. I'm going to put you on the spot. Who do you think, if anybody, absolutely will be traded? At least one player. Do you think absolutely will be traded during uh, before the uh, deadline? Uh, the team I would look most towards is the San Antonio Spurs. And I will give you three names, Jakob Pertl, Doug McDermott, Josh Richardson. Richardson and Pertl are two expiring contracts. Don't see any reason why they'd resign there, especially if the Spurs get the number one pick. They're not going to need a center anymore. So I don't That's think Jakob Pertl is going to resign. 
So I would look at the Spurs. This is a team that intentionally gave up DeJounte Murray for draft picks, and that was it. They didn't get any players back. They got Gallinari and they bought him out. So they, they're not interested in winning. They're not interested in anything but tanking and getting good draft picks. So that would be uh, that would be the team I would watch to maybe most trade players at the deadline. What's the um, what's the noise like in Cleveland right now? Because I've heard some rumblings that you guys didn't like where you guys were playing at some point. That you guys wished that you were a little further ahead of where you were now. That your record, obviously, you're. you're th- by the way, the Cavs are third in the East. By the way, they're not a slouch. They're third in the East, and I, I, I think I even said to you when we when we met before, I thought that that's where they were going to be, one of the top teams in the East, along with the Bucks and really the Nets. I thought they were going to be there as well too. I thought that's why I thought they're top. Right, they're close. They're close to being there. I mean, if anything, then the Knicks are close to being there at this point. So I mean, yeah. we're we got a lot of teams up there. Um, what is the 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 thought process right now in Cleveland in terms of you know where you guys are? Do you guys think that you guys should be further than where you are? And do you think is there any worry right now with any of the players you have, like potential players like maybe Donovan Mitchell, perhaps? Um, you know, because Nick fans like to point out that maybe sometimes he's not as doesn't look as happy in Cleveland. As he looked oh, at come on now. Come on. <laughs> you know they're going to pick at everything, Greg, come on to now. try to wrestle him away from the Cavs. Um, I was going to look at his contract as well, too. I believe um, after after this year, does he have a opt-out after next year? Is it a, is it has, a player option? He has this year two more guaranteed years and then a player option, which okay. he's not going to pick up the player option. I mean, he's going to re-sign on a new five-year max. Um, but, right. yeah, he's got this year and two more years. What's the feeling around uh, Kavlin? Are, is anybody even thinking about that, concerned about that at this point, or is just really at this point, this season, focused no, on winning and getting no, to the playoffs? Not, not yet. I mean, he's – honestly, I think Donovan Mitchell's playing the best basketball of his career. He's averaging 29 points per game. It's career high. Average career highs in field goal percentage, three-point percentage. He's been a very efficient scorer. Um, there was a stretch where Darius Garland got his eye poked on the very first game of the year against Toronto. He had to miss five or six games to begin the season – and I mean, like every night, Donovan Mitchell was given 30, 35, 40. And it was like, oh, my God, we haven't had a guy like this since LeBron. Right. You know, even, even Kyrie wasn't this consistent as a scorer. I and mean, Kyrie was amazing when he was in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, so he was just a guy that that's that's what they missed last year. When Darius missed time, they had nobody. Nobody was going to go out and get him 30 points. They just didn't have it. And now they have it. And the numbers... The only thing that concerns me, there's a, there's a couple of things. The record's good. So they're 18 and 11. They can't win on the road. They're like five and nine on the road, six and nine on the road, 12 and two at home. Um, they had a stinker of a loss against the San Antonio Spurs the other night. It's a game they should have blew them out. And yeah. they looked completely uninter- uninterested for three quarters. It happens. NBA teams do this. Um, but that's, I mean, that's, that's a team that's not even trying to win. Come on. You've got to beat them. Right. Yeah. Um, we scored 95 points against the Kings where the Kings scored the final 19 points of the game. The Kings are an amazing offensive team. They can't stop anybody, and they held the Cavs at 95 points. It's like, okay, this, this can't happen. And the, only thing, the, the other thing that concerns me is the Cavs' numbers are actually better when either Darius is on the court and you surround him with, you know, Allen and Mobley and shooters, or Donovan's on the court, and you surround him with the same thing. The numbers are better when one of them sits, one of them plays. When both of them share the court at the same time, they're not quite as good. They're not. And they haven't figured out the starting small forward position yet. They tried Karis LeVert. I went on record saying I hate that. Nothing against Karis LeVert, but he is 
a much better fit in the second unit. And then they finally realized that 15 games in the season took them that long. They have Lamar Stevens there now, I believe, right? Lamar Stevens is there now. They've tried right. Dean Wade there. Um, yeah. Jetty Osmond is another option. Isaac Okora was another option. That's who I was hoping going into the season was going to be the answer. Obviously, he hasn't been. Um, I actually like Dean Wade there because Dean Wade is a amazing three-point shooter, and he's I, a good defender, and he's six foot nine. And people I, look at him and say, oh, six foot I, nine white guy, he's, he's not going to do anything. He's a great shooter, and he fits in perfectly in that starting five. Is he I the hate best? that game. I hate that yeah. game, by the way. You know why, right? Because he shot the lights out against, yeah. against the the next year. I, you don't have to tell me about his shooting. His his yeah. shooting was was uh was on full display right in my face, right for Randall and Obi Toppin's face actually, because he yeah. just yeah. So yeah, that's a great asset, by the way. A really underrated actually, and I and you never think about it too. Wade, huh? Yeah, Another Wade, Wade there. Look at that. Wade. Best, uh, but, best Wade Cleveland's ever had. Oh no! Don't say that. You're gonna get so much. You're gonna get so much hate on Twitter, Greg. But go ahead. I, I, Green, Green Wade was not good here. That's uh, not. That's that's not a. That's that's nothing to argue about. He wasn't good here. So, um, I, I think if if which Dean Wade's out right now, he's hurt. Um, right. But I think if they put Dean Wade in that starting small forward spot, and let's say you get Ricky Rubio back this month or next. And you have Karis LeVert. Well, you got two good playmakers off the bench now. And Lamar Stevens has been playing good. So um, I know your fans probably don't want to hear this much talk about the Cavs. But that is a team that you're coming up to on the standings. And I would say as good as they've been, it still feels a little like eh, there's enough bad losses in there that makes you question their their legitimacy. So here's the thing. I, I like talking about uh, – and I've had a lot of other people who's on my uh, on my pod – who also come from different, you know, waves of life. You know, some people are Bucks fans or they're Warrior fans. I like that because it gives a different perspective, not only in terms of the fan base, but also management and players and just what fans think about certain players and how Nick fans think about certain players. Because sometimes Nick fans sometimes attack a certain player a lot when in another respect, if that same player had the same stats in another team, they would beloved him in another way, right. you know? So there are different ways to look at that. So I, I like that. I think the fans appreciate um, hearing a little bit about uh, the Cavs. If for nothing else, they want to, they wanted to hear you say that Donovan Mitchell was not happy and that he was seeking uh, out. Not that's yet. What, no, no, that's... no. He's, he's good for now. Now, now check back, you know, summer or year after. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's a two year plan. And then when he goes into the final year of his contract, I think that's when they'll reevaluate things, but no, he's, he's good. He's good right now. Don't worry about that. Right, right. I, I, I know. And Nick fans got got to slow it down. I mean, they're thinking way too far ahead. That's because the Knicks have just said star chasing. That's kind of what we've yeah. been hearing for the last couple of years. I think you've heard it since the Kyrie KD, you know, days since then and really even before then. But, you know, I think it's really the theme has been it since then. Missed out on those guys, missed out on these guys, missed out on these guys. So it's kind of just a constant theme of missing out on the star players. I don't know what's going to happen with that. I mean, obviously, we have a bunch of assets. We're not going to draft all these players. So, obviously, a move is going to happen. Um, I don't know from where. It's kind of like the Donovan Mitchell thing. You don't know what's going to happen until it kind of becomes available. Um, so, we kind of have to just uh, wait and see there. But I want to do some rapid-fire questions for you to end this uh, particular segment. So first, I've done it with uh, Bill Pito as well when I had him on my show. It went really well with him. I want to see if I have it just as good with you. Um, and I, I try to craft it in a way that Nick fans would appreciate. So I hope it works out. So let's see. All right. That's going to be uh, five uh, questions. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Here we go. So uh, Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks. Do you think it's at all possible um, after his contract expires? Yes. 
All right. You want me to give uh, more of an answer? It's just real rapid fire. No, it's a real rapid fire. That was a good right, right there. Yes, That's actually good. I think it's an option. Um, and what jersey does Cam Reddish finish the season in? Lakers. Uh, will the Cavs make any moves by the deadline? Yes, but nothing big. Besides the Spurs, what's one team the league should watch uh, to be uh, very active in trade talks? Oklahoma City. Uh, will the Knicks trade for a star before the season ends? No, but this offseason. Ooh, perfect, perfect. All right, amazing, Greg. That was awesome. Perfect. <laughs> I love the uh, rapid fire. Next time, I'll make it more difficult for you, give you some uh, trick questions and maybe some uh, more cap stuff in there so I can see how much I can uh, test your brain. But as always, you're an amazing guest. Uh, one of my favorites, obviously. If you're not following uh, Greg, you see the at on the screen. Follow him, read his articles, and that way you can come combat me on Twitter spaces as well, too, and argue why R.J. Barrett should be traded. But, uh, Greg, thank you so much for coming on, man. Always a pleasure, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. appreciate it. Of course, of course, guys. And don't forget, guys, to like, subscribe, and follow us, all of us, everybody that you see here, all content creators, because all of us work really extremely hard to put this stuff together for you. A lot of research goes into it, and we dedicate a lot of our lives to it. I know Greg can speak to it as well, too. It's really like living a double life, um, but uh, we do it because we love it. So again, thank you so much for joining us. Peace and love. Peace out, Nick fans. Take care. episodes of The Knicks Recap, streaming every Friday. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.